Let us pray. God of our ancestors who paved the way for our being in this place today, help us to give up complacency. Truly love one another and hunger and thirst after righteousness. Thank you for bringing us back to this place and for loving us so that we can know that the victory is ours. Fill our hearts and minds with your peace and unspeakable joy. In the name of God, the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sustainer. Amen. Again, good morning, St. Luke's. I can tell you are bursting to be able to get back to what we had before, and we are slowly moving that way. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something that I do not ordinarily do, uh, and you've kind of gone there, but I'm going to invite you to go there again. Uh, because in the light of today's reality, for which we have long awaited, to receive God's blessing of a COVID vaccine, to witness lives being saved, to regather at our beloved St. Luke's, to be able to sing again, to have a processional and welcome our choir back next week, and to have called a gifted new rector, the Reverend Winnie Varghese, I feel that we ought to give another round of applause, thanking our God for this blessing. Yes, what a mighty God we serve. Thank you. Now, I know that was not very Episcopalian. Thing to do, but I just can't help myself, and I think that we just can't contain ourselves because we've had a long wait. I am thrilled this morning, and I hope you will tell others that we are back, we are returning. I'm grateful for my colleagues uh, in communications, our technical support staff, who have worked tirelessly to connect with the live streaming, all of this that kept us, that held us together in this, these 14 months so that the church did not miss a beat. Yes. Thank you all. Also know that many of you got very comfortable rolling out of bed and eating pancakes while being at church. For those who are homebound, that's great. But I've been worried whether we're going to get everybody back to St. Luke's here because that was so comfortable. So it's good to see you here on this Memorial Day weekend, and I'm wanting to see more and more to fill these pews um, like we had at the celebration of the life of Ben Jennings Wednesday. It was great to see a almost packed 
naive. This fellowship has a special place. So it's important for us to be here and welcome back. And while I've just instilled this celebratory tone, I'm well aware that there are those of our family who are no longer with us, who left us during this period of the pandemic when we were not here to say goodbye as we typically would have. On this Memorial Day weekend and Trinity Sunday, for our parishioners who lost loved ones from COVID and other illnesses, our hearts are with you this morning. Again, I have heard and I've been with you in your sadness, confusion, frustration, and even anger, sometimes toward God. As your priest, I affirm the legitimacy of those feelings and also want to remind you that God journeys with us even when it feels so lonely. God has wept with us and given us strength to bear these crosses more than we will ever know. Yes, this has been a tumultuous year plus. The grief that we are bearing will be written in the history books as one of the worst in human history. And we give God thanks for keeping us through it all. And yes, what a mighty God we serve. Today's gospel tells us a story, an encounter of Jesus, and one familiar to most of you, Nicodemus. John makes a point to tell us that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. His including this detail implies that Nicodemus was uncomfortable being seen with Jesus in the daytime. Some would say cautious. Others would argue cowardice. Nonetheless, Nicodemus makes an unusual step to talk with Jesus, knowing that he was seen as a radical religious leader and seen as attacking Jewish custom. Nicodemus was a Pharisee and of the Sanhedrin Council, a Jewish leader who respects Jesus as a great teacher. In this acknowledgement, he is already out of step with others in his party who often despise Jesus for being too progressive, for questioning and challenging practices that put traditional restrictive laws over compassion and human need. Jesus takes advantage of this opportunity by telling Nicodemus that in order to see or be in the kingdom of God, one must be, as translated from the Greek, born anew. 
In the Aramaic, it is born from above, a spiritual rebirth. Baptism by water, this one by the Spirit. And on this Trinity Sunday, we see the relationship with God in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus makes it clear to Nicodemus and to us that we are called to new birth in our baptism. And there is the Holy Spirit that takes over our lives and leads us into new life, a rebirth. But as you heard or can read, Nicodemus is having a hard time understanding. He says to Jesus, How can anyone be born having grown old, or can one enter a second time in the mother's womb and be born? As one translation put it. After a couple attempts to explain the spiritual birth, Jesus is not impressed with a metaphorically challenged Nicodemus and questions his teaching qualifications. Jesus is unequivocal in his conversation to Nicodemus, in his conversation to us this morning, that we must be born again, a spiritual awakening, a rebirth. When we look at this passage, John pivots to the part of Scripture that is most familiar to us. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. I just want to register a brief footnote about this verse and the one following. I know for many of you, this is a treasured verse. And it was throughout my life and still is. But I believe that God still speaks to us in Scripture from our lived experience. And that we recognize that just as Nicodemus tried to understand the message literally, our reading may be too literal. Moreover, many biblical scholars have raised concerns that along with the beauty many find in John's writing, there is an anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish thread that runs through this gospel. So I invite you to struggle with me in appreciating perhaps new ways of hearing this passage. In our common life with each other, my priest friends and I talk about new life Jesus calls us into daily. And in this call, listen. Listen to John writing about the outpouring of God's love, inviting us all into a common life where we will not perish by diminishing our lives into selfishness, greed, hatred of difference in others, negativity or failure to live with truth and love, but that we will see God in ourselves in the other 
that not only saves us in this life, but leads us into eternal life. In October, Ed and Ann Kramer invited me to coordinate the morning into unity service. I was tasked with calling faith leaders not only from other Christian denominations, but Jewish, Muslim, and later Baha'i and other faith communities for a half-hour faith prayer service to honor the hundreds of thousands we had lost in this country from COVID and to pray for peace for our elections and for peace generally in this land. Those individuals brought the spirit of the living God with them and the power that we felt and continue to feel is a testament that just as we find our path to God through Jesus the Christ, we have a kindred spirit with our friends, our beloved, and other faith traditions. It is this openness and valuing of other religions that help us here in our society, but could bring about a lasting peace in the Middle East. Jesus has not come to condemn this world, but through the message of love, through the first letter of John stating that whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. We cannot go on in our society allowing hate to reign in our world. We must get up and get out and transform a society that continues to go down a path of hate and extinguish hate with this love. We heard earlier the prophet Isaiah saying that in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw a vision. And in that vision, he confesses that he had unclean lips that we hear from so many today. The good news is that every mouth can be seared with the love of God, clean lips, so that we can say to God, here am I, send me to be that message of love, hope, peace, and justice in the world. Here am I to stand against racial hatred that will continue to be rampant until we extinguish it with love. Our world does not have to be the way it is. Jesus promised that he would not leave us comfortless, and the comfort is that we have the power to transform what we don't like. So we have the power of the Holy Spirit to have a different existence with different leaders if we would say, here am I, send me, preaching love over hate. For God so loved the world. God didn't just like it, God loved it. It was a love so great that Jesus came and got into trouble. I understand it as the good trouble that we are called into, being a voice for the voiceless, helping those who happen to be born into poverty find a better life, to give them good news with jobs so that they can support their families, to deliver those oppressed by unjust systems wherever they may be. For God so loved the world 
that we have the opportunity to dream and work for cities, including our own in this nation, where police and the people, political party and political party, can get beyond a perpetual enemy-enemy relationship and see each other as friend. Today on this Trinity Sunday, I believe it because I believe in God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sustainer with the same power to transform evil into love. So go out today rejoicing in the power of the Spirit, knowing that there is power, power, wonder-working power of God working through us, and for that we can say, thanks be to God, thanks be to God, thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen.